Hello and welcome to Radio Free Nintendo. It is September 20th, 2019, and this would be episode 640. I can do this when John's not here. Like, there's no there's no fear that somebody's going to be sitting there tapping his watch waiting for me to get the episode number out faster. <laughs> are, are, are you saying that you fear John's judgment? No, God. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to give him the pleasure, I think, is the problem. I don't want him to get to enjoy that. And so my biggest fear starting every episode is, am I going to give John one extra atom of freedom from NWR chat? Because right now, all of my collective blunders for starting the show are still being outweighed by forgetting the name of the podcast he had been on for 400 episodes. Like, there, it's a, but that scale, every time when, I... Sc- when he forgot it, it hadn't been that many. The, 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 the NWR chat time. It had been hundreds, hadn't I, it? Um, I think it was in that first year, though, wasn't it? That was it? Okay. He, he might have made the mistake more than once. The problem is it's the, the first time that sticks <laughs> in the memory, which was, yeah, that was like in 2008, I want to okay. say. So. so that joke is that joke is 10 years old at this point. Yeah, more so. I, more, more than I, that. I feel like at some point we're going to have to do a Patreon episode where we just explain where all this shit comes from. And just be like, all right, what, what's what's the origin of NWR chat? Yeah, well, an episode... The annotated Radio Free Nintendo. In episode 138, um, John starts the show, and we're all dumbfounded why he's rambling. And we then remember he doesn't know the name of the show. Um, but there's so many that we would just have to put out a call and go like, what memes do you want us to explain? Because it's really hard coming into a podcast 600 episodes in. Um, but... This and speaking of, Mark, I think this marks two hundred episodes since you took over. Oh my James. god! I think are you it serious? was. I think it was four forty. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Fuck. Fuck. Like I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm like, you know, I haven't been hosting the show that long. And then I was like, wait a minute, I got the I got the keys pretty soon after four hundred, because that was why we celebrated four hundred, not five hundred. It's like, oh no! I think I actually had that that realization as I was listening to the show from last week, taking mental notes about my hosting failures, um, while also having failures trying to work out. So it was good. It's a good like I want to crush my mental, how I feel about myself mentally, and how I feel about myself physically. It's really kind of like burn that that self esteem to the ground from the from both sides. It gets a lot quicker result like return on investment. Um. So, kids, if you can do that. Anyway, hi, Guillaume. Hey. I, you say that you feel like it hasn't been that long since you took over, but uh, I, if you told me that I'd been on more than half the episodes, I'd be like, get the fuck out. I know. Like, it, <laughs> There's that realization of like, hey. Like, I'm wasting do... my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, somebody, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, well, actually, let me introduce Greg first. Hi, Greg. Oh, hi, hi, everyone. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was that that posted an image that was all of their um like their their podcast uh, tool of choice had um like stats on how long you've listened to podcasts collectively. Yeah, that and, was uh I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, Levnid. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to find it. I had it up. Yeah, I got it. Oh, I, oh! I did. Uh, I mean, the uh, the podcast tweeted it. My mistake. 
Um, I didn't tweet it. I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't use the RFN podcast Twitter. By the no, way, of course. Can, yeah. You can. Uh, you can follow the podcast Sentient Thoughts at Twitter.com/slash/RFNpodcast. <laughs> Uh, by, by the way, James, while we're talking about stuff that people should know, uh, did yeah. we ever mention on the podcast that uh, it's on Spotify now? It is on Spotify. I think we did once, but yeah, it, mm. it's on Spotify. You can listen to it there. Yeah. It's on well, a lot of other J- James, too. what sock do you use when you tweet from the RFN uh, <laughs> account? <laughs> I'm not the only one who uses that account. Uh, yeah, I, but I, you're you're the only one who uses it to have conversations with yourself, though. Although, yes. actually, I don't know. Maybe maybe no, John does John, it too. John but... has absolutely done that. Okay. Uh, or John's used it to have conversations with me, which is unsettling because he could just text me, or he could he could tweet at me from his own Twitter account, which he doesn't really use that much. Um, he just uses it to retweet Major Nelson when he's giving away things on for Xbox, specifically the Xbox One X World's Most Powerful Video Game Console. <laughs> um so so yeah so Levn or Levani Levonidi I'm not sure. Uh he 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 tweeted that he's got 1900 hours of podcast listening. Um and 533.6 hours of that is RFN, which if you do the math is uh 22 days 8 hours and 36 minutes. That I didn't tweet that though. That was definitely the RFN Twitter account. Um which is a long time and then I did some more math and realized like that's like half the episodes. That's like mm. not even all of them. It's really depressing. There's a you can listen to us, so you can listen to us talk for like two months straight. Hi, welcome. We're doing emails this week. Um, we're gonna have kind of a shorter episode. There's some scheduling stuff going on. We have some obligations for the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/nwr. No. Is it? Yes. Help me. What? I'm sc- I'm scared. It's Patreon.com/slash/nwr. Yes, that's where you can find it. Uh, if you f- missed when we talked about it, um, RFN it was asked to produce a a monthly episode for the uh, NWR Patreon. The Patreon helps fund the operations of Nintendo World Deport. Uh, as you are probably aware, nobody at NWR gets paid. It is a volunteer gig. Uh, so pretty much all of our expenses are related to hosting. Um, if we have surplus money, some of that money is leveraged to help in- enhance the coverage of Nintendo and Nintendo-related games. Um, so if you ever wondered how NWR manages to send so many people to E3 and produce so much content, the answer is it comes out of our own pockets. Um, so we very happily uh, produce one episode a month for the backers uh, for $1.00. For $1, you get access to our monthly podcast. The ones we've done so far, uh, we did Streets of Fire, which is a movie that's really strange, um, that inspired a bunch of beat-em-ups. We did our NFL preview podcast. Greg, it's already a disaster. That's that's, that's the thing about sports. It's it's chaos. Apart from from who's going to win the AFC every fucking year. So I will say, I I, I gave the Bills more credit than you did, for one. Um, and two, I predicted a bunch of injuries and they've come true and now I feel bad. I have a dark power and I don't like it. Um, but overall, just it's just failure. Unmitigated failure happening in that pot. But you can go back and listen and laugh at us. Two weeks in, it's already over. Um, we did other ones. We did one other one. 
I don't remember what it was. What was our first? Oh, we did like stories that we wouldn't tell on the regular feed about events that we've been to. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good episode. The other two episodes, they're all right. That one, it's, it's got some stuff in it that like I, I listened to it. I'm like, I probably should have told that one. So uh, yeah, $1 a month. You can listen to all that. And you can listen to the one we're going to record after this that we're not 100% sure what's going to be yet. But it'll be good. Probably. Probably. Um, it'll be out soon. Uh, we usually release on the third Monday of every week. We third Monday of every week. Jesus, the third Monday of every month, but we missed this one. So we're, we're fixing it. We're, we're trying to catch up. And then next month we'll be back on schedule. I hope. God, I hope. Uh, but emails, emails, you may send them to us. RFN at attenderworldreport.com. That's RFN at attenderworldreport.com. You'll know it's RFN because we spent 10 minutes getting to the main part of the episode. So with that, it's email time. And uh, I believe you're up first, Greg. Yeah, we're picking up where we left off with uh, Chef Chelios's uh, request for the Devil's Third ending music last week. You <laughs> bastards! So send us send us music because I had to listen to Devil's Third music at work, and that's not fair. And, uh, yeah, so and there we get to the actual text. So let me just uh, <clears throat> yeah, let's see. Oi, oi, Savaloy, it's your mate Chev here again, fresh off the operated table, taking back some of my <coughs> possessions that I was unfortunate enough to lose. Now that the scum and villainy have been beaten into submission by yours truly, it's time to ask you gentlemen a simple question again. Tell me, you lot, what items have you been careless to lose and what were you prepared to do to get them back? Oh, I seem to recall that Canadian fella lost a 3DS of some description <laughs> in the Midwest and I recall someone very handsome lost something in the tub. I expect to hear tales of lost systems and games with a bittersweet relief that you did not lose your copy of Star Fox Zero. Now, you may ask yourselves, who is to blame for the great, handsome and powerful Cheb to be mailing you? Well, you did it, mate. That was all you. Until the trilogy is complete in this series or the next. Your friend, Cheb. Oh, my God. Wow. It's just... It just keeps getting here. It's like the gift that keeps on giving me just randomly remembering a stupid alliterative name in a stay them action movie is it's, it's like yep. Yeah. Do, uh, do you think his movies have writers? Um I think the writers are very much kind of uh resentful of the fact he gets cast if they if if they do. Mm. Presumably. Do you but. think do you, do you think he's ever like gone out and give it a performance and the director was like Holy shit, he just nailed it. <laughs> it depends what they're asking him to do. There's probably are, you know, considering what he gets asked to do most of the time. I can only assume that there's quite a few moments where it's like, yep, that's exactly what we were going for. You know, you don't you don't hire Statham to do non Statham things, do you? So you're saying uh, you including you in uh, what's that movie? Uh, Spy, where he, he's been cast to, to play one of his characters, but it's like they're, they're kind of taking the piss out of him. Yeah, it's like the shit version. Yeah. Right. Or, or shitter. Yeah. They're, they're just, <laughs> no, exactly. You know, you gotta, you got to use him where you think you can, I guess. Yes. 
So because early you, on there were times when he like tried to do an accent and stuff that didn't work out. So it, it took a while, but people, you know, they started to design the offense around what he could do. Is what I'm saying. So you're saying we're not going to hire Statham to to play a uh, Duke Frederick and as you like it? Is that Pro- what you're telling probably, me? Probably, probably not. I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting would... like a remake of My Left Foot with with Statham. No. I'm trying. I'm trying to think who you'd cast as, as Rosalind in that case. But like, I I think you would have to keep it keep it in the right wheel. Um, oh, I'm blanking on her name now. Uh, something Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez, there <laughs> just, we go. Done. Just all Fast and Furious people. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> it. Just as you like it, as done by Fast it's and basically, Furious. Basically, the Fast and the Furious sort of cast is like a traveling acting troupe, like yeah. doing Shakespeare around the country. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who, who uh, I mean, oh. Uh, God, yeah, this is too easy. That's an email. Send us that email. That's way more fun than than anything we get from Chev. Chev's emails. I have to go back and think about what he said because I I stop focusing and I just hear Chev Chelio screaming at me. Well, as far as uh, gaming items that uh, I've been careless, careless enough to lose, uh, back in the days of the Game Boy, I would carry that thing to to my friend's house, and uh, eventually, uh, well, I kind of. Sp- spoiled it but like i lost my copy of metroid 2 for the longest time for years like literally like i thought like well that's that game's gone forever uh because there's no you know if it hasn't popped out now it's 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 never gonna show up again and then like i don't know three years after i i I sold my game boy my friend's uh, mom is just like hey would this be yours because uh you were the only one with a game boy one of those things and uh so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's mine. Um, and I, I don't know. They had like an old, huge house. And uh, I, who knows where she found it. But uh, I don't know. Is that a good story? Probably not. Carry I mean, on. Well, there's, ba- things, there's things you have actually lost, which is one part of the question. And then the other part of the question, I guess, is if you lost it. Would you go crazy? Like, what is the one thing that you would, in fact, like, go full-on action movie to get back rather than just the sort of indifference of, well, I guess it's gone forever. It's a shame, but I'm not really that fast. Because that probably is most things. I mean, I haven't lost much stuff because it generally hasn't, like, gone very far over the years, you know? Like, I, I didn't even have portables until the GBA and I was already sort of uh, you know, mid-teens at that point. So, you know, I wasn't that young to have, like, lots of stuff to go missing, like, that that I would have taken with me places. But I did lose my WaveBird thing. Not the controller itself, but what plugged into the GameCube. Oh, I the took, receiver. Yeah, because I took the, the GameCube up to a friend's house that was visiting once, um, playing, you know, Smash Brothers on that, even though it was, it was pretty... I think the Wii would just come out at the time or something, but obviously Brawl was years away. So yeah, just just kind of uh, took that up and playing a bit of Smash Brothers. Somehow I must have left the receiver there, and then it's never come back. Which I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I don't know I used the WaveBird a lot, uh, you know, for, for a number of years. There's some sentimentality there, but like, would I go? action movie to get it back not really so yeah would you would you uh, 
Go on. Sorry, would you uh, have sex with uh, Amy Smart amidst like rows of Red Bull or something? Or am I misremembering that that, that scene? That sounds vaguely crankish, yes. Yes, okay. (laughs) I do that, I guess, for for, to to get a to get the waiver. But I mean, it's 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 an interesting dilemma. I'm I'm just going to just going to walk away from that because there's no there's no good answer to that Guillaume. Thank you for putting me in that kind of position to follow up on that. Um, I did I did find a uh, an article that reads though that uh, she chose body doubles over doing a nude scene. So there you go. Oh okay. Um, although there's all if you just Google and I should remember which actress she was. If you just Google her, pretty much every shot is like her looking perplexed or that scene. So. So thanks, Google Image Searches. That's awesome. Um, or, or both, actually, in one case, So, which is probably the correct response. Um, I have never really lost anything um, well, related to gaming, uh, which is weird because I am perpetually uh, prone to losing things. Um, just, just, it's just kind of a constant in my life to the point where I just go, like, well, fuck, I lost that. Um but I did have a situation where I believed I lost something, which I guess is kind of like losing it, um, just over a very small window. Um, I was flying to Europe, and I had a layover in, in uh, New Jersey, which, you know, eh. it was like two hours, so I was kind of stuck there for a while. So I pulled out the 3DS. This would have been right around the time New Super Mario Brothers 2 came out. Um, and so I was – I ate dinner – and then still had like an hour and 40 minutes to kill. Uh, so I played a bunch of that. Um, and then I got up to go to my flight and I was flying to uh, Paris. So got on the plane and then couldn't find my 3DS and realized, oh shit, I must have left it in the waiting area. So would I have gone full crank? Well, no, but I was thinking about if I could use, if, if there was any way I could contact the airport by the time I realized it, which was after we took off, because they were still really militant about what devices you could use before takeoff at that point. Um, they've really relaxed it since then. But at the time, 3DS was would have been something you'd have to wait till you got to altitude. Um, and there's no Skype phone anymore because nobody used them. Um, so I, I was really frustrated and upset, but I, there wasn't much I could do about it, so I kind of resigned myself to it. Um, and then I landed and collected my stuff. And as I was following the various moving walkways, uh, I realized my 3ds was just in a different pocket of my, of my backpack. And I had, (laughs) I had sat through this flight in complete tedium and stress over the fact over a 3ds that was literally inches away from my hand the entire time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, to which point, um, when, when I, I, uh, I made it there. And I was talking to the person I was, I was seeing. Uh, I did not mention that I, I had gone through this, and just instead said, "Yeah, I've been playing Super Mario Two Brothers, New Super Mario Bros. Two on the plane the whole time," um, which they had not yet played and could not even could not even suss me out on this lie. Uh, but they it was it was. We also, easy to- see, I mean, you couldn't really pick a better new game to like black that you've actually played oh yeah uh, yes i have been playing it you can it was, it's it's a lot like another new super mario brothers game but there's more coins there's significantly <laughs> more coins well he I... must have played <laughs> so i think my lie was exposed though when 
uh, she played it as we were riding transit and the battery was charged. <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe she just thought there was, there was a plug socket on the plane. Or maybe she just didn't fucking care. Because it's the stupidest fucking thing to lie about. In fact, it would have been more interesting because I was... Je- I mean, so you land in the morning. So I was already all jet lagged and tired. It would have been a lot easier to just go like, yeah, I'd, I thought I'd lost it the whole time. Funny story, huh? Haha. I'm going to go sleep. Um, so yeah. I, no, I, I would I would not have gone and hooked up my heart to a car battery because of it. Um, <laughs> but you would, you would tell a somewhat senseless lie to yeah, try exactly. and conceal it. Yeah. So I was even having this horrible thought of like, I'm going to have to fly back without it because I can't buy one here. But I'd be stuck with the Eurozone 3DS. True, yeah. And this, this is like peak Italy and Greece are ruining the Euro. Dude, there might not even be an economy to release games to here in five years. <laughs> To be fair, it was like peak like Greece's. What do you mean we can't retire at thirty five? Kind of time period. So there was there was real fear at that point. Um, to be flip side though, flight to Europe super cheap. Thanks Greece, appreciated that. Um, but no, I, I I've had really remarkable luck with respect to to games not getting lost. Um, I don't know where my Game Boy games are, but they're not, I know they're all together. They're at my parents' house somewhere. The only reason I don't know is I haven't looked for them. They're in a bag. They're in like a duffel bag. Um, I could find them if I so cared, but I just I just don't. That's just what it comes down to. I just don't. Uh, every every game I've bought since the GameCube era is on a shelf directly to my left when I record the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, every game I bought before that are in these bins at my parents' house, and they're sitting under a TV, an old CRT that they just... Actually, no, they did toss a CRT. They're sitting under a TV stand and no longer has a TV on it. Um, but they're in bins. They're they're categorized by system. Like, I just kind of got lucky on that front. I even know where all my game manuals are for the N64. They're in a drawer for some <laughs> fucking reason. I found I actually found those recently. I was over at their house and I just was like, I was in their living room and I'm just pulling drawers open because they have this giant coffee table with a million drawers. What's in this drawer? Oh, it's... It's like a 20-year-old Shrek Burger King toy and a bunch of N64 game manuals. I guess that was me. The fuck was I doing? Um, so yeah, if anybody wants like an old Shrek Burger King toy, I can I can hook you up. <laughs> or, can put it on eBay, I'm sure. It'll, or yeah. or the a folded up box or a flattened box and manual of a Dean Chronicles. I got that too. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's that that drawer's just got nothing but nightmares in it. See, on the theoretical front, I think there was a time where my basically 100% melee save file on a GameCube memory card, if that had gone missing or, you know, like the Wavebird did or had been like, you know, because you could mess up GameCube memory cards pretty easily mm-hmm. with the whole region switch thing and like formatting it by mistake or something like that i mean they can mess up easily on their own they don't need yeah help. that's really well infallible in that way anyway so, yeah I, there's probably a time where that would have crushed me right? i don't think i'm not really the funnily enough not to dispel any preconceptions i'm not really the action movie protagonist type um, mm. So you're probably you're probably not gonna go like Liam Neeson or uh, <laughs> Jason Statham or Van Damme, you know. Any Who of would those. you even go after? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> no, no I mean, I'd just just sit in a room broken, you know. It'd be like it'd be like the start of End of Days. 
before he, Arnie like gets his shit together when he's just like putting bits of random garbage in the blender and having it for breakfast because he's a broken man. Yeah, that, uh, that that that'd be it. That's his action movie as I'd get. Versus um oh god, what's what's the we we've been making fun of it a lot now where he puts all the shit in the blender and then gives it to his pet crocodile. Oh they yeah, that's Stone Cold. That's the Stone boss. Cold, yeah. Um that that movie is 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 art. Um so I mean yeah, if we're gonna talk about saves, uh I thought my uh save for um shit. Uh hmm. Eternal Darkness went. And then no, it's just the game. It's the, fu- <laughs> it's the fucking game. So, so in that case maybe you could you could just like Go all the you know, Liam Neeson on the developers. He's just going to call up Dayak and like, I'll well, probably, find you. Well, he would definitely sue me then. Um, <laughs> right. He'd be like, and I'll find you back or something. I don't know. And my lawyer will find you once he answers my calls again. So I, um, I, I had gotten to the, I'd gotten past the point where you can get the fourth, uh, the fourth um, type stone. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty late in the game. I was I was meeting the characters for a second or third time. And I got the thing where it's like your memory cards died. But as I alluded to, N64, I mean, GameCube memory cards did just do that sometimes. They did sometimes just melt down. And it's like, well, you had a save, and now you don't. I'm sorry to tell you, it's gone now. Hmm. Um, and so when I got the message, it's it's... The screen looks exactly like it does when it says, hey, your memory card's corrupted. Which, by the way, Nintendo, don't ever do that again. Um, I, I don't think there's much risk of them ever that's, signing that's off what, on something like that. That's what Lotcheck is for. Um, I ended up like just just miserable for like three days, and then found like I guess I'll restart the game, and then it's like, oh no, you're already at World War One, and I'm like, what? Fuck this game forever. This game made me feel things in, that I don't like. So I guess Dennis Dyack wins. Unless he's dealing with uh, Unreal Engine. Then he'll never win. Anything else? Mm, we should move on to the Let's next question. go to the next question. And I am going to ask myself to read it, I guess. Uh, Caesar from Australia writes, Good afternoon, gentlemen. I've recently started playing Skyrim during my commute. And while trying to beat a particularly troublesome vampire lord, I resorted to using a guide. This led me to cheese the boss by luring him into a nearby room filled with traps, then running away and closing the door behind me. He proceeded to loudly and hilariously threaten my life while running around triggering every single trap until he died. This led me down a wiki rabbit hole, wherein I found out about an unpatched exploit that lets you loop alchemy and enchanting to create armor, potions, and weapons with ludicrous stats in the millions. Now, when I shoot something with an arrow, it gets launched into the air like I hit it with a rocket grenade, propelled grenade. The animation never gets old, so I've pretty much switched to using the bow exclusively. I've also added to the challenge of trying to not shoot my own allies at the same time, which often kills them outright, making many encounters a thrilling dance between my Death Star, my allies, Endor, and the enemy's moon. No. What, wait? Between... No, my Death Star, my allies, Endor, and the oh. enemy's moon. Okay, sorry. This way of playing is a lot of fun, and it's made me think of all the other games I've played over the years that have become incredible if you manage to break their internal rule, their internal rule sets or intended progression. 
The 2D Metroid games in particular become amazing challenges if you try to get power-ups out of order or deliberately try to beat, beat them with as low a completion percentage as possible. Another I could think of is Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which if you spam particularly early uh, missions, excuse me, uh, which if you spam particularly early missions, lets you uh, lets you gain the skill steal of ah, it lets you gain the skill steal, which or steal ability. Oh, it actually is the term. Okay, lets you gain the skill steal ability, which renders the game's drop system utterly redundant, but turns enemies themselves into lootable resources. Oh dear God. So I put my question to you. Have any of you come across any games that let you utterly break them open, but come out all the better for it? As always, love the show and keep up the good work. So I fumbled that email. Uh, my apologies. But basically, have you broken a game in a way that makes it delightful to play? Uh, I And so this email was originally paired with the email about like exploits and weaknesses in games that that take you out of the moment. Yeah, but basically games where you know once you've realized some you can kind of break the systems that it can't ever be as fun again even if it's like okay you maybe you could try and play without exploiting that but then you know you know always, it's there. It's always there in the back of your mind or whatever. So yeah, in that hey, the case, game's gotten hard. What if you just did In that case it was kind of like the the question about games whose experience was sort of irrevocably compromised by sort of systems being like exploitable whereas in this case we're talking about games actually opening up in their sort of enjoyment potential because of exploits. Right. And and I can't and my example there was was Ogre Battle, but I can't remember if I talked about the infinite... I'm pretty sure I did talk about the infinite ability to create items in that game, which lets you create stat-boosting items infinitely, which lets you boost everyone's stats to max. Um, it takes a while, but you can literally, at, at like, the I don't know, chapter 5, chapter 6, have characters who are max level with max stats, at which point it's like, okay, this is stupid, I hate this. Um, but you could do it. Um, it's a really easy exploit to do. Uh, the one that I would actually go with, though, that made the game better is Saints Row the Third, and they agree because Saints Row the Fourth came out, and they basically just said, "Yeah, we're just going to give you stats that break the game to start with. You don't have to combine stats to break them. We're just going to give you stats that break the game." And I mean, literally, like the game loses the ability to function properly with some of the skills you get in Saints Row the Fourth. Uh, like the the frame rate can't keep up with your max speed run, so it just it just starts to melt. Uh, which in a, on an Xbox 360 is an actual potential risk. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the the motherboard warping or whatever. But I, I've talked about it in three, where they 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 wanted you to have you know powers and shit, but they didn't they didn't really balance them. As I've talked, I've, I've told the story. It's been probably been a couple years, so it, it, I could tell it again. Where uh, there's a stat you can just keep stacking stats to the point where you become effectively invincible. Um, and then there's a stat you can get that makes you actually invincible, but when combined with some other things, uh, makes you unkillable, which is different than invincible. Um, and so I, at one point, had managed to pull this off while I was still technically in the main game. Um, and I left the controller on the ground and went to go use the bathroom or something or get something to eat. And uh, in Sancho the Third, it's it's you know it's a GTA style game, but. You're the head of a clan, the Saints, or a gang. Um, and there are other gangs in town, and you slowly take territory from them. And uh, sometimes you'll just encounter other gang members, and it's not immediately straight to shooting. Um, it can get there pretty fast, though. I can get the fights and stuff. 
Um, and there's this there's this ramp up in this game, like any GTA game, but this game is way more comedic. So the ramp up, it's opposed to just having all the police are coming to get you. It's the military's here with Harrier jets and tanks, and they're just shelling neighborhoods to try to get to you. Um, and so some dude in another gang got out and started insulting me, and I'm not touching the controller. I'm not even in the room. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so then he shoves me, which they'll do. Um, and I guess some of my gang happened to be in the area and saw it and that triggered their aggro. So they started having a fight around me though. Again, I'm not being controlled, but this, the fight goes on more and more gang members show up, explosives start coming out. Uh, the police show up, they're using explosives. Again, I'm not in the room. My character is just ragdolling around because he's unkillable. Um, and then I come into the room and the game is running at like four frames a second and it's just nothing but explosions and screaming. And there's a war. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Um, and the game basically, like, I had to get out of the game. Like, it was un- it was so bogged down, it had become unsalvageable. But that kind of, like, oh, I can just make this game completely, like, all the stats don't matter anymore is really funny. Uh, because by the end of Saints Row the Fourth, where you're running so fast that characters around you burst into flames by your speed because again they leaned into it it's meant to be that way but they don't balance the game so basically playing the game is one giant exploit and it's fucking amazing it's the best it's too much like you actually can't play the game it's like turning on a game shark where it's like make mario run at 8x speed well you wouldn't want to do that you're gonna die but it's still really fun and so, yeah, they're, they're, that's probably my, my go-to because it's just, you know, I broke that game wide open. Saints Row the Third, wide open. Saints Row the Fourth, they pre-break it for you and serve it to you on a plate. I really, uh, God, I'm so boring. I always play by the rules and I, <laughs> I just always play the game. Like, even when I played games multiple times, I always, yeah, followed the rules or played always the same way. Like, it never even occurred to me to try to, to beat Super Metroid out of order. Uh, hmm. Mostly because I never really mastered the wall jump or the, the, the bum jump. So it just, um, uh, yeah, it's not something I had heard of. It's not something I, I did growing up. And once the internet came, uh, you know, uh, once I discovered on the internet that there were tricks to, to break the game, I, I didn't go and, and try it for myself because a, at that point I didn't have a super Nintendo anymore. And, and, you know, like the emulation was still kind of, uh, kind of tough to, to, it wasn't great still. Right. Um, but, but also like, I, I was not really interested. Like the, the, the only stuff that, there's a few things that happened to me by accident. Like um, there was some sort of warp. Okay, so in Final Fantasy Adventure, which now people can play on the Switch, um, at some point, I don't know why, but I went from one screen to the next and it just warped me halfway through the game uh, in an area where I was not prepared to be. And so I had to just grind and grind and grind against enemies until I was leveled up enough to to, to be able to do anything. And uh, but yeah, that was completely by accident. And I I was missing like half the items. Like I I don't know if I ever managed to finish that run. But uh, it was uh yeah it was weird and not really it did not make the game more interesting. I don't think. And I I don't remember if at that point I knew that something had gone wrong. Or if I was just like, whoa, that's weird. 
this area is completely different and how come I can't go back to where I was now? Oh well. But the, the game, you know, that game is kind of janky already and I was already confused by like the, the language barrier and some of the puzzles in the game and I didn't understand exactly how everything worked. So I, I think I just like, you know, took it in stride and thought like, well, that's the game now. It's super difficult and I'm just going to keep playing this because it's my one game that I have for the next few months, you know. Uh, but yeah, I can't, I don't know. Like I, you know, like even playing like the Worms Armageddon or stuff like that, they let you go into a menu and change like how many items that you have or, you know, like you can change the options in the game. And I, I don't do that because to <laughs> me, breaking the game, giving myself five holy hand grenades uh, right at the start um, just to, to blow up the other team, like it's not that much fun. But I... I, I I know I had a friend who uh, I played those games with, uh, who always like went and cranked up all the super weapons, or you know, immediately, and uh, that's the way he liked to play. But I was like, well, yeah, but that's that's not the game. The designers, the developers know better. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I generally not put someone that tends to kind of like try too hard to break games or even play games like, like that are heavily kind of like systems based or that, that would have like very breakable kind of components anyway um uh, but I, there's a few cases i can think of back in the 90s where i definitely sort of messed around with with cheat stuff that to make things more fun you know in game cheat, not game shark type of stuff which i was just talking about but uh so i remember diddy kong racing the multiplayer game the multiplayer battle mode in that it was it kind of it used the same power-up system as the main game itself which was like if you sort of picked up multiple sort of uh cases of the same kind of power up it kind of leveled up so it's like okay you've got a rocket which is basically the game's green shell and then you know you get another one and it's like a i, I, I presumably it turned into like a homing rocket or so, you know, something better and then you got another one again and it turned into like 10 rockets um and so it, the problem is like it wasn't it, it did at the least to our multiplayer group back in you know 97 whatever that was i forget um 98 maybe um that uh it, it just didn't seem that sort of you know fast-paced because you know kind of if if you everybody kind of just went at each other it was with like the most piffling items um, but the idea of like driving around and leveling up your items before you kind of engage was was not very kind of you know in keeping with the sort of multiplayer craziness. So there was a cheat to just make all the items level three straight away, mm. and that made it way more fun to us at the time. It was just like you know, people just driving in circles in the middle of the arena, firing off rockets in you know, every degree. <laughs> just, you know, it, 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 nowhere was safe. That that seemed to make the game a lot more fun. And on the subject of breaking a game on the technical level, like to where it's going to a crawl, the sort of there was this weird exploit sort of uh, glitch thing in Turok 2 for the N64, which, like, there was a multiplayer mode, 
But I think if you activated a cheat while in multiplayer mode, it would like take the split screen into the single player mode. And and like have kind of like messed up glitchy quasi co-op. And my God, it just killed it. Because I mean, it, obviously Chiratsu just came out, you know, pretty recently on Switch. And I've been seeing some, you know, comparison videos as to, you know, footage of Chiratsu running on N64 for the first time in a while. And it's like, yeah, wow, it, it really didn't run very well, you know, because they went for... You know, substantially more detailed graphics um, than Turok the original had, um, and and the N sixty four you know sort of struggled accordingly with the frame rate. But split screen on single player levels where like you know scripted stuff is happening and things are blowing up and all that. I mean, real real slideshow stuff. Um, it was it was something to behold and just fun to to futz around with. Um, and yeah, yeah I, luckily in those days, you didn't have to worry about the notion that it was actually going to like kill your system. That that That's didn't right. that did not occur to me that my yeah, very expensively procured import N64 might physically suffer from what Turok Two split screen was going to do to it. Um, there there is there is a good one that. Uh, that led to a gentleman's agreement, um, which was, uh, I think it was 08. Uh, I talked about it on the show, NCA Football 08. There's a play that the AI just couldn't deal with, which is a play-action fade over the left shoulder of the receiver running down the far side of the field. And they the, the AI always bid on it. Always bid on it. Every single time. Um, it's just It just looks like a play-action to the halfback. It's just It's lined up in what is basically just like a really old school power running formation with two wideouts. And every single time they bite on it and the corner gets jammed at the line by the receiver, the receiver gets open and the ball goes to the end zone. Like it does not matter where you throw it from. It does not matter where, where you start the play, what, like what yard you start the play on. As long as they don't get to the quarterback, which they won't because they're going to go after the running back, you will score a touchdown. Maybe if they're running some like deep zones, they might stop the play, but probably not. So the problem is you as a human know this. And the person, if you are say playing with your cousin knows this, the problem is you can only control one player and the rest of them is still AI controlled. So even when you tell him, Hey, I'm going to run the play action, the play action route with the, over the shoulder, try and stop it. The best, the best they can do is immediately take over that cornerback, try not to get jammed at the line, and almost certainly get a pass interference call. So essentially, you're guaranteed either 10-ish yards or a touchdown every time you run that play. So we had to just ban the play. Now, I can prove that it works because I won a national title with a bad team using only that play Got got first and second place Heisman votes for the quarterback and the receiver in it, and only ran that play and scored regularly with five minute quarters, sixty points a game. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Just to see, I didn't even. So I was playing in Dynasty. I didn't recruit anybody on the offense except running back, wide receiver, and quarterback, and I just dumped everything else into defense. 
I was like, this is just to, just to see if I could, just to see if it would happen. So you would see like it was it would have like the the current Heisman favorites, and it would be like my quarterback, my running back, or my uh, wide receiver, and then like way down some other people. It's like ah uh, yeah, this one play is just fucking breaking an entire sport. This is great, and I've and you know they had like the, the fake the fake uh, Sports Illustrated covers every every uh, week of the season. I'm trying to imagine what Sports Illustrated would have actually looked like. Which is, can anyone stop this fucking play? <laughs> it'd, just, it'd just be the same shot over and over and over again. Every it week. Freq- it frequently was. It was just a sort. It'd just be like a sort of flip book. If you put them all together, the play very slowly plays out over the, all the weeks of the season. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think of what, like, the hot takes would be by week 11. Can no one stop this one play? It calls to ba- Oh, it was so good. It's so, like, literally, like, I, I, I unleashed it on a friend of mine who had never discovered it. Because like, the playbook he was playing with didn't have it. They were running... He, he picked, like, a fucking a fucking single wing team for some goddamn reason, which if, which is basically playing against football from, I don't know, the 1940s. Um, and he's like, Oh, that's a cool play. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? What? You will never stop it. And he's like, what? And I just kept running it. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, you can't stop this. You can't do it. It can't be stopped. And so, yeah, we had to just ban it. And then that was the origin of, hey, if you ran this every play, what happens? I'm like, oh, I won the game. He's like, no, no, period. And I'm like, oh, oh, let's find out. Also, if you get touchdowns on your first play from scrimmage, every time you get the ball, the game goes on a really long time. Again, (laughs) I was thinking, why would you do this to yourself? I just don't get it. Just a heads up. Just to see. Just to see if I, like, I would sometimes take the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff and just down it at, like, the five. Just to get a 95-yard pass. I was I was just trying to break the stats. So, like, I had a quarterback one time with 1,000 yards passing in a game. In a game. I let the defense just get scored on so I could get the ball back. So he scored a thousand... He put up 1,000 yards passing. Your arm would fall off. You would fucking be in the injury <laughs> tent just from throwing the ball that much. The, the wide receiver would be dead. He would have run literally miles over the course of a game. Just like... I was like, no, I'm going to take the ball out to two, and I'm going to get 98 yards passing on this one play. Oh, so stupid. So, yeah, they're, they're, sports games in general have exploits. There was um, one of the years FIFA had, like, a goalie thing that was, like, like, it was like early in the online era where the goalie shit was just broken. And it was almost impossible to score on somebody who knew how to do it. And so, yeah, there's a the, the ability to patch games is a godsend for shit like that online. But as a as a personal player, I like knowing that all the smash most of the smash challenges can be broken by some creative use of rule tweaking. There are a few where um, the team working on Smash Ultimate had a challenge, and they're like, "No, no, 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 no! You can't you can't do any kind of trickery on this one." <laughs> but there are definitely some challenges that once I realized it doesn't actually care if you do custom rule sets, that uh, got a hell of a lot easier. Let's put it that way. Greg, you actually have all the challenges, don't you? I do, yeah. I'm down to like three. Wow. You, you could probably guess what three they are. Like I said, I was, I was sort of employed in the previous email with Smash, uh, with the memory card GameCube thing. Like, I usually do pretty much everything, you know, whether it's 
you know, all the getting all the trophies in melee, getting all God. The, all the CDs in. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's Brawl. a good one. The the, uh, the CD exploit in uh, in Brawl. Do we do had to set up like oh, some sort of like item situation, right? To uh, to try. Yeah, you and... bu- it was a custom state. So the the punching bag drops items. Yes. And so what? And so what you did is you just set the only item to be punching bag, and then you built this conveyor belt contraption that drove the punching bag to you, and then drove the items it spits out to you. But since the punching bag will spit out albums, that's all it'll spit out. Yeah, you just but... kept you just kept <laughs> tapping A. You didn't have to have the game on. You just tapped A. Now, you're, if you had like a turbo controller, even better. You just let it do its work. I I, I got them organically. Um, you know, I, I often like while playing with a friend. You know, and it's just like stop fighting. There's a CD. Get it. Get it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but it's, it was that was it was fun but stupid. <laughs> <laughs> to lock the the music behind that is such a bizarre decision in retrospect. I mean, I I built that contraption and borrowed a controller that had a turbo button just to do it. Like, did I did I want all the music? I mean, it would have been cool to have, but it wasn't like it, I just did it to do it. I yeah, just yeah, wanted yeah, to, to know see, see how it that would work. It, uh, it was also, I think it was Mewtwo that you had to run on the GameCube one for like 20 hours. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Because that, that's what I mean about that save that I had. Like all the, not just like, you know, having done classic and adventure with like the different characters and all that kind of stuff. Like all the esoteric like, oh, horseshit yeah. like notifications. One of like, you know, you saw this Pokemon or you saw that Pokemon that was ridiculously rare. Like it had everything. Oh man, that. everything! So the the thought of losing that would have been oh, I get it. unbearable at one point. But yeah, obviously, subsequently, it's like, well, then there's these other Smash games that, that have way more ridiculous stuff in it, and you know, so I guess it uh, it wouldn't crush me as much now. I got I got uh I got Mewtwo by basically just leaving the GameCube on overnight. Yeah, that was that was the idea. Again, an exploit. Just like, all right, I'm just, I'll just leave this thing on overnight, and then get up to go to school in the morning, save, and turn it off, and to give the GameCube the chance to cool down. Otherwise, I would just leave it on while I'm at school as well. <laughs> um, and I still got Mewtwo in like two days. It wasn't even the last character I unlocked. Um, but I saw it was twenty hours. I'm like, fuck that. Um, was it, wasn't it that the Mew just appearing like in a Pokeball one as well? Like there was. Oh, There's yeah. definitely something in that area where it was just like a one in a whatever, probably like yes. one in 151 or whatever <laughs> probability. No, the, Mew, the Mew one was super rare. I remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I've definitely put some contraptions together to try to finish off. Now that I have all of the stickers or whatever they're called. Badges. Spirits. Spirits there we go. Um, which they finally put the other ones back in the, new, the uh, event ones in circulation. I have definitely been contriving scenarios to get the challenges and just breaking that. And you really have to kind of know how, like, you'll see the challenge and go, what can I do? Based on the rules they've given me, what systems can I push? And yeah, well, it's, it's there. Yeah, it's, I mean, in that case, it is almost kind of the challenge in itself, I guess. I mean, you could just take the view that if it's a game you're going to play over a long period of time the way I do, I could have got them more organically. 
because but, eventually some fucking random bullshit is going to play out that actually engineers this. But yeah, with a lot of them, I just kind of set it up. Get three KOs in Cruel Smash with Wolf. Fuck that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think the last one I got on Smash Brothers for Wii U was the one to do with Cruel Smash. That was really difficult. That's really, deep. really difficult. I, think I mean, it's I, in the name. I kind of cheesed it with Lucina's counter thing. Uh, I seem to remember that was oof. Again, yeah. the things I've done to just be uh, thorough with Smash are not really, not really healthy. Yeah, I mean that the one that was the last spirit. It, it it wasn't until you told me that it counts it beating the boss without taking any hits or taking any falls. It wasn't until you told me that there reminded me a there is an easy mode in World of Light. B that you can dynamically change to it and see that it counts. Yeah, yeah, I did it on normal and I tried it on hard and nope. <laughs> I, I got really close nope. on normal, like within five. It's, it's really tough when you get close and don't get it because it's such a long process. And I was like, "Fuck that, I'm done." Uh, anyway, emails. Uh, Guillaume. Yes. Uh, would you please read the next? Yeah, one? sure. Uh, Lemonade calls out Capcom. Uh, Remember, so... send your Capcom callouts to RFN and IntendoWorldReport.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Lemonade writes, Soon Capcom will be releasing Resident Evil Triple Pack on Switch, but only RE4 is on the card. RE5 and 6 have to be downloaded. I'm probably going to still buy it anyway. <laughs> so, so i mean yeah, is, it, so is this a, a capcom call it's or a, a self call a self call mm, yeah. is this a yeah cry for help can, can we talk about it for a minute they actually called it the resident evil triple pack like that's act that's actually its name uh, yeah i don't know i don't see I, it, it, they, it, they, it, they, it, they can't it, call it a trilogy because it's not really yeah it's just a second trilogy right. of a you yeah. could just call it four you could just call it what is it Four, five, and six. It's a problem. Is it's really hard to come up with a common thread with those games, right? Yeah, because they're of, not. Because it, it like it's not like all don't they all have different kind of characters and you know sure. like they come yeah. from different systems, quite a diff span of years. It's I mean, but, but in terms it. of gameplay, they're all uh, kind of similar, aren't they? Except, like they except, kind of veer more and more into action. Good. Yeah. yeah right. Well, that, that's kind of where this email, I mean, like, that's where my answer would be going. Like, uh, yes, it, it kind of sucks that they're selling a triple pack with only RE4 on the physical card. But then again, RE4 is on the physical card. And RE5 and 6 uh, have to be downloaded, but they don't have to be downloaded. <laughs> call, call it RE4 and optional friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you and I, Matt. I think to be fair, this is a bigger issue than you, we we you're making out, Guillaume. Sure. Trivia, because what happens when it's October? You've gone to the effort of going to a haunted house to play Resident Evil, and then you realise <laughs> that you haven't downloaded five and six. I there's mean, no Wi-Fi. There's that no house. Wi-Fi in the haunted house. If there was, it'd probably just spit out paranormal shit or something. <laughs> you hope yeah. there isn't Wi-Fi there. It's a problem, is what I'm saying. I I I, I adore. The, I mean, so all right, to dealing with the name, they could have called it Resident Evil Four and Friends. 
They, they could have called it Resident Evil 4 and then in very tiny t- text, like an asterisk, includes 5 and 6. Sure. Um, yes. They could have called it Resident Evil Eat from the Trough Piggies. We know you will. Um, it's just, triple pack sounds like it's like those um, packs of individually sized potato chips of different varieties that you can buy to put in lunches. I don't know. It just sounds to me like the uh, they, they, they would release PC games this way, like, you know, classic games that have lots of pedigree, but like, okay, so now Grim Fandango is like in the sleeve here in this Walmart on some... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's not... It, it's kind of... Um, yeah, it's not super punchy, it... but... It's fine. It it's I mean Blumhouse releases shit their shit movies in triple packs. Yeah, it way, it does seem very. It, it seems like from another age. Yeah, uh, you know that it, that from like nineties kind of budget games and, but, and, and Capcom's re-releases uh, strategies can hardly be described as budget. <laughs> no, especially on Switch. Well, also, also, Resident Evil is from the '90s. Maybe, maybe the still meta, but, but not know. not four, five, and six. Not four, five, and six. <laughs> like, if any game should have been triple packed, it should have been uh, Devil May Cry. But no, that one they're selling individually. Why? Because fuck you. Stop asking questions. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a little odd considering. Is triple what, packed everywhere else? What, yes, uh, but also <laughs> is that one of those cases where it's like, oh. You know, two is not very good. Like people wouldn't pay for two separately, so right. they bundle it in to kind of jack up the price of the of the of the whole package, so that that people end up paying more for the ones they actually want. Like, right. why, why split them up then? Uh, two, uh, so to be well, clear, because I, if you just buy one, you're still paying more than if you buy all three in another that's right. system. That's, the, that's uh, the trick. There's that. Yeah. So to be clear, I've not played <laughs> one any weird of trick to fleece your customers better. I, I have not played any of the DMC games, so I don't know which ones are good or not really. But it's just you know what I can remember in the discourse or whatever. Customers hate it. Um, yeah. Uh, DMC2 is the unique mix of being unliked and also story-wise superfluous. So there's really no reason. Um, but yeah, go for it. Um, Capcom call-out section needs like a theme song or something. Uh, you can send, send them to RFN at Um You could even send a triple pack of them, I guess. I don't know. We're probably going to split them up, though. Um, Greg, this email has... We've come back around to the true purpose of email this week. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Would you please? Let me see if I can pull this off. Dollar Felodots. Oh, my God. (laughs) Spencer writes in Gungan language for some reason. Oh, you have a reason. (laughs) Still, it's not good enough. Misa finally remember... The days before Mitomo was discontinued. However, considering how Marie Nintendo loves to toot their own in horn when it comes to their own history, it's somewhat surprising that Nintendo's first mobile game hasn't seen some kind of reboot. Oh, I can't do anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, so this email is going to take like nine hours. Yeah, yeah that's good because I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> it's too late if user play were placed in charge <laughs> of a potential Mitoma reboot 
how would user goes about it? Would Delhi Baser be would Delhi Baser more gacha elements? Uh, <laughs> I like the gacha. It could just be Gungan speak. But yeah, it could. It could be that fits in shockingly well. Uh, me personally assume that Delhi plenty of people who will pay real world moolah for framed picture of Nikki in a wedding dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps use me, use me, will start an outlife in a cardboard boxing in a shady alleyway and have to build things up from Delhi through microtransaction. Please keep up the bombad show and me the love to consistently hear from James Gee and Craig each and every week. Oof. Oh... The slam at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sometimes it's the words you don't say that hurt more than the words you do. Oh my god. Oh my god. What the fuck do I even do with that email? Uh, the irony of it is John's the only one who ever liked me, Tom, as far as I could tell. Yeah, well that's that's why it's good that he's not here. Uh, because then someone might say something positive. But no, actually, no. John liked Mitomo as a tool. He didn't actually like Mitomo as a product. He just thought it was funny. Um, I, I, I think. I, so, so the, the question is, how would we reboot Mitomo, right? Just to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, uh, that, that brain tried to, to as, kill itself as, as best as I could translate. But it seems like we we have to create like a a mobile game that pays off for nintendo which i is not necessarily something i want <laughs> you know like i don't <laughs> mind if nintendo is not successful in the mobile space you don't want nikki in a wedding dressing like that, <laughs> that, was, that was the point where just like the email was over and everybody was just like nope nope we're out it's done uh, bye hey guys we have another podcast to record after this <laughs> fuck um yeah, oh, I mean, to, you know, they, they've already crossed that bridge, though, with um, Fire Emblem. Emblem? And, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm Dragalia. aware. I'm aware. I've uh, I've had to mute the, uh, well, basically, uh, Fire Emblem, or so, what is it? Fe, F-E-H. Fe uh, Channel, yeah. Fire Emblem yeah, Heroes Channel. Because so I, I was just like, okay, like every every single event, people would post their pictures of their, their polls, and it's just like... So I don't just, know. So you just muted Donald. I understand. I get it. I like Donald, but uh, <laughs> I'll take yeah. shots. So I manage. I manage. I manage to, to to just mute that that part of the Nintendo stuff that I didn't care about. Oh, okay. and he's not the only one. Like it oh, seems to be popular. Yeah, like it, the, the that whole thing seems to be popular with a lot of people I follow on Twitter. But uh, I don't want to know that they're into that. So. So we're going to have your, uh, send all your fat emails to RFN at yeah. Uh Make them unavoidable. Uh, so I, I, if, if putting, so the, I don't think putting Nikki in a wedding dress is going to, is going to solve the problems because I don't think anybody's going to waifu me's, uh, just because there's just not enough, there's just not enough to them. Like they, I don't mean that from the standpoint of like appearance. I mean, Nikki is, is a, can you be sub one dimensional character? Can you be less than a one-dimensional character? 
Uh, I mean, she she is a tutorial. She's not even a character. Like she exists to tell you that that you have email. Uh, she has as much personality as my uh, Google Assistant. Let's put it that way, uh, and about the same utility. So no, putting uh, nobody wants to put Siri in a wedding dress. I presume somebody pro- actually. I saw her. That's not true. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't recommend seeing her, but that's basically the plot of her. Siri in a wedding dress. Um, <laughs> there, there's my review of her. Done. Uh, everything you need to know. Um, Since the... Um, uh, I, I think that... I don't know. What was the point of Mitomo again? Like you just equip your me with accessories and stuff. Like what if it would, instead of microtransactions, it had been like every time that you buy a game from Nintendo, which is linked to, you know, Mitomo through my Nintendo. Like, why don't you just simply get, uh, you know, accessories from yeah, that game? Some sort, and of, like, some sort of loot pack associated with that game so you can right. show off you know, what you've bought or whatever. And presume you could have so it could have had some that were tied to achievements you kinda, or something, you know, kind of like sure. in the past you had like the Miiverse stamps, didn't you? You know, you you, you beat something in a game yep. and then you could have the send a message with that stamp to show off that you'd you'd done that you know essentially the same sort of thing but as a me accessory you know this is an idea that is in super mario maker 2 um you know if you like play like if you beat so many levels in co-op or whatever you get a costume for that and, and right. for your me, uh, which uh, shows up on the like matchmaking things and stuff, so they've they've kind of gone there with with some of these ideas, um, and and it's it is odd in Super Mario Maker too because of course your know, me implementation on Switch is so uh, is is pretty rare, um, right? Uh, yeah, obviously the main one you might think of would be. Um, you know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but that's kind of a hangover from Wii U, and then you've got Smash Ultimate, but that's also kind of a hangover from the 3DS Wii U game, so it is odd the way that it's kind of prominent in Super Mario Maker 2, but yeah, that's uh, it's the kind of things that uh, you could have used it for, I guess, if you're not going to try and aggressively, you know, and they profess their reluctance to kind of get you know, particularly opportunistic with how they price, you know, and, and how they try and sort of leverage microtransactions in their mobile game. So if you're not going to go that route, then you kind of make it more of a sort of roundabout advertisement for uh, the other games uh, on Nintendo's actual, you know, console at that moment of like, okay, you know, you know the, the, their me's got some cool shit on, why is that? You know, kind of thing, but uh, that's about as much as I could come up with because I don't engage with the mobile space at all, as I've said many times. So, nobody ever asked us about Nintendo Badge Arcade, which was super cool um, and like kind of uniquely exploitative because it brought it brought microtransactions and random chance to your 3DS. Um, but beyond that. Um, you, could, I would... you could get a lot of stuff without ever spending a penny. Oh, yeah. I never spent a cent. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, it was there. Um, but regardless, what if... So, so the, the whole point of Mitomo 
um, was that Nintendo thought that we are too um, easily embarrassed to talk to each other or something. I don't know. Um, and so it was. It, it needed to like facilitate information sharing. But it, but it did it through linked Facebook accounts or Twitter accounts. Like I want to share more information than is currently available on social <laughs> yeah. media. So it's a little odd. What is your favorite color? Uh, red, yellow, blue. Fuck off, me, Tomo. I'm gonna go with the last one. Um, and then it would just tell, like, you would show up in somebody's house in me, Tomo, and you would text to speech out the like. My favorite color is red. Bottle, and then it's a it's like, what the fuck is this? Um, not co- perhaps coincidentally, perhaps not. That sounded a lot like Jar Jar when he's gone numb in the mouth because he he stuck his face in the binders on the pod riser. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's an idiot. Um, how's Jar Jar not dead? Presumably, he is. Well, I mean, he is now. Yeah, but how how did he live long enough to become a senator? Remember, uh, it's Jar- a question Jar- we a- could ask about. Numerous uh, real life uh, politicians, this is also true. <laughs> and they keep and they live long enough to get elected like six times a senator when the terms are six years in America. <laughs> it's just too I, damn long. I, I, I want, I like, what? Who did Jar Jar run against? Like, presumably, no, it was Jar- just cronyism. It was just cronyism. Oh, okay. Boss Nash just appointed him. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, yeah, he he knew Boss Nash and the. You know the the queen, so and and the current chancellor, so he would have had yeah, exactly. All so it's just it just shows you the dangers. It's all about connections. It shows right. you the dangers of cronyism. That's a very it's a very important lesson. Did Jar Jar even need to have a debate? Like he would have eaten the microphone, right? One hundred percent, he would have tried to eat the microphone. Well, no, he, he he's the one that proposes that the chancellor get emergency powers. He basically fucks everything. That's true. Jar Jar is the true villain. Oh God! Um, there, there's tells all right. So there's two things that tells you. One, they knew how much they fucked up with Jar Jar because they stepped him way back. And when you finally see him again, it's him fucking the entire galaxy. And two, we don't want to talk about Mitomo because we're talking about the utility of the character Jar Jar Binks instead, um, which says a lot. The reality of the situation is Mitomo. We're back to this. Uh, isn't salvageable as a function of what it is. It just, it was too thin. It was too needless. It didn't serve a purpose, ultimately. Like, it was just a thing that Nintendo created to uh, to just, honestly, probably test their software. Um, they had, it was probably pretty easy to make. It probably reused a bunch of assets from things like Metopia. And uh, what was what's that, that 3DS game you liked a lot, Guillaume? Tomodachi Life. Tomodachi Life, Tomodachi Life. yeah. <laughs> Um, that ultimately they just kind of said, eh, this is fine. Um, and, and the, the, the rapidity with which they shut it down is kind of a testament to that. Um, there was no really effective way to give them money. You could buy candies, which you could use to play me drop, which was this really fucked up looking thing where you drop me's and hope. It was pachinko basically, but it kind of sucked. Yeah. So if you are curious about More or less than the sunshine level. (laughs) Uh, Well, the camera was functional, but barely more because you couldn't see the whole field, right? right. So it it sucked in a different way. There was an original Xbox indie game on the Xbox 360, which is usually like this den of horror um, called Avatar Drop. And it's basically just that, but you collect prizes. Um, Yeah, so... 
it feels like that entire thing was meant to be a test product. If you wanted to bring back that functionality, I just don't think it belongs in me. It don't belongs, it belongs in mobile. There's already a billion things in there. You could do something like that with with Nintendo account and have it be multi-platform, so you can do it from your Switch, you can do it from your phone, you can do it from your PC, uh, but not as like a proper social media proxy just as kind of a fun almost like the everybody votes channel kind of level of just fun dumb thing to do um but if the goal is to salvage the nikki character well i you know we could have actual messaging on switch wouldn't that be cool what if i could send you a message <laughs> i don't have to think that hard on that one nintendo that one's free what well, if it's, I did... it's, it's, it's an assist trophy in smash so I mean, anything's oh, possible. I mean, we've seen Smash. Obviously, sometimes things appear in Smash and just peter out. But other times, you know, the the sea germinates or whatever. We'll, we'll see. It, yeah, um, I I just Mitomo just doesn't have any appeal intrinsically. It's not a game. It's not. It's not really an app. It's not really a communications tool. It just kinda is and just kind of is, is not going to be competitive on a market with, I don't know, 150 trillion games on it. That seems about like the right number. Um, and so, yeah, if, if, if you wanted to use the Mitomo concept and make it make money, I've got it for you right now. You launch it. It asks you a bunch of questions. It says, hey, we're not going to share these. These are just so we can understand what would be of interest to you. And you slide in after like question 15, like an embarrassing one. And then you just keep going like it never happened. And then like on question 26, you slide in an embarrassing one. And you give little little trinkets to people as they keep answering questions so they stay engaged. And then after 50 questions with let's say 20 embarrassing ones, maybe 10, um, there's a screen that just shows those 10 embarrassing questions. Nikki is there looking very stern. And she says, unless you put in $5, I'm going to email this to all of your friends. That's right. You want to make money on Mitomo? Mitomo, the extortion machine. Let's go. I did it. I made money. I'm a businessman. Nikki's going to threaten to tell people how much you played Pantsu Hunter or whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. About two hours, I saw everything. <laughs> Which, in the name of this game, is really unfortunate. Yes. Mm. Um, mostly, I saw really amazing English. Good English? No. Bad English? Well, it's not bad in a sense. Amazing? Oh, I was amazed. I was amazed by that English. Um, but yeah, Nikki, go ahead, Nikki. You can't hurt me anymore. I didn't pay for Pantsu Hunter, so I have a defense here. This was sent to RFN for review. Here's your review. Don't play it. Uh, did we want to call it here? Yes. All right. Well, as we said at the start of the show, I think we said at the start of the show, um, this was going to be a little bit shorter for scheduling reasons. Uh, next week, no, next week we're still good. Next week, next week we should be back at full strength. It was always going to uh, be shorter in John's absence, to be fair. That's true. Without John's verbosity, loquaciousness. <laughs> John thinks John thinks just accused me of being a drunk, so it's fine. Um, that's <laughs> not true. He's not, listen- he's not listening, so it's fine. Um, you can say whatever you want about John right now. It's all fair. Um, uh, but that will do it for us this week. If you have an email, it could be a music suggestion. It could be a question. It could be a Capcom call out. Um, 
I don't know. It could be stories of exploits. If you got if you got something that could be fun for us to read, go ahead and send it. Um, you could send it to actually Guillaume. Where would they send it? RFN at Nintendo World. Well, nope, that's Nintendo World Report dot com. There we go. RFN at Nintendo World Report dot com. So send that stuff to us. You may very well hear it on the show. For fuck's sake, we made Greg. We made Greg do Chev Chelios and his Jar Jar. The like. You can get here, but don't try to do it that way. To, I to, know don't try to do of, both at the same time either. Two of fiction's greatest works in the same episode. <laughs> it's uh, what can I say? It, it's it's been a pleasure. I think I think Yom just invented Gungan Chevchelios, which I <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, maybe that's that's why he was putting his face in the in the binder thing. <laughs> he you had know, the injury start his heart. Yeah. Oh, I'm 100% on board with a. Uh, with, I mean, Disney Plus will probably make it. They'll make fucking anything. Yeah, if if the Mandalorian's like successful, it's like just green light that Jar Jar crank TV, five oh. seasons, fifty episodes of Gungan Daredevil action. Oh my god, they're gonna make that too. They'll make anything. All right, well, that does it for us, Greg. Yes. This is the part where we play some music. Indeed. Last, last week, we have an apology because we played fucking music. Yeah, the game. Uh, I think this is going to be a case of the uh, profane leading to the divine. Uh, oh, because okay. <laughs> we got the... So, yeah, we had a forum post from Noel No More just offering a bunch of games he'd like to hear something from. And uh, something that stuck out to me was the soundtrack for Ori in the Blind Forest because uh, you know after this it'd be a matter of days after this episode goes out that that'll be launching on Switch. Uh, always pre-order now. Always heard you know very good things about that soundtrack and uh, you know kind of spoiled for choice for for nice uh, kind of tracks from that game but uh, I've gone with um, one called uh, Escape from the Ruins. Now, so this there's a lot of the soundtrack that's got that kind of tranquil beauty thing going on, right? Um, you know, and that's not uncommon in this kind of genre. You know, game is sort of side scrolling, uh, you know, somewhat Metroid like kind of genre where there's certain kind of peacefulness or you know, kind of quietude to the environments and stuff. But ambiance with this, you know, it kind of you, you've got some of that, but then it also kind of goes up a gear as the song goes along, so you get a bit of a flavor. Yeah, you know, that it's not the the soundtrack isn't all like that so um yeah really cool soundtrack by i think his name is gareth coker who's a british composer who's now based in japan sort of by way of los angeles early in his career for this formerly microsoft exclusive uh game now on switch uh and it, uh, a really cool soundtrack so that's escaping the ruins excellent well that does it for us this week uh, John will maybe be back next week, um, but we will be here, and we will be waiting for your emails, and we'll have new games to talk about, so you can send them to us right now. But for now, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. bye.